Well, would you turn in your Bible to Luke and chapter 2? And we're going to read it together now. Luke and chapter 2. And we're going to start reading at verse 22 all the way through to verse 38. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God, and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him, And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshipping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of God of Jerusalem. Well, please keep your Bibles open. We're going to be looking at these words together. My household visits, as you know, well, they're limited this Christmas to two or three households. But via live stream, there are two guests to welcome into your home for just a couple of minutes today. And I'd love for you to hear them out because they have something important to say. Now, both of these guests will draw our attention to the reason for Jesus' coming as a baby that first Christmas. That's the purpose of these visits to your home, so that Luke, from the Bible, can show us and can help us to recognize that Jesus was not just for Christmas. Well, Jesus arrived not to sit around with us at the Christmas tree. Jesus, as we've been reading, came to rescue You know, remarkably, Jesus' salvation wasn't limited to people from a particular religion or a particular people group. We're going to see that his rescue was designed for everyone. Now, just before the guests arrive here in Luke's account, the details are plotted to
to help us notice something very important. Firstly, we're going to see that Jesus was born to a people in need of salvation from the God who saves. Verses 22 to 24. Just have a look back to verse 22. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, the description of these Jewish um, religious customs here point us to the very high point in the Old Testament, in the Bible, when God intervened to rescue his people from slavery in Egypt, all the way back in the book of Exodus. And so this custom here in Luke 2 of bringing a firstborn son into the temple in Jerusalem, well, it was designed to remind people of God's act of deliverance when he saved the firstborn sons of God's people through the sacrifice of animals instead. And, and Luke's mentioning this decisive event here, God's salvation of his enslaved people. And he mentions it now as Jesus the Savior is born. We need to connect those things. Well, you know, that's what we're like, isn't it? We're people who desperately need a Savior. And also that's what God's like, providing salvation. As we see here in these customs pointing back to God's deliverance. And now, therefore, as Jesus, this firstborn son, is brought up in the customary way up to Jerusalem, that salvation, available only through God our Savior, is in full screen view. In a little while, you'll be packing away the Christmas decorations. And as you do, did you ever need a reminder like this more? That even as people on the cusp of a new year, we, everyone, we're all in need of God's salvation. And as you search for good resolutions this year, well, as we head towards January 1st next week, you won't find a better resolution than this one to stop and recognize both of the truths, even in these couple of verses. I need salvation. And only the God of salvation can provide it. For those who do recognize, I'd love for you to take heart today. Our God saves, and he is with us. And God is with all those who believe, not in themselves, but who believe in his Son. And God walks with you into those uncertain days in the years ahead. And, you know, without him, the uncertainty will be all the bleaker and more deadly. If you're a Christian, you can say this. You can pray this. I have salvation in Christ from the God who saves. Well, in Jerusalem, this family, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, they meet a man, we're told, called Simeon. Simeon who sees salvation for the world through Jesus. Here's the first guest to welcome in. Verses 25 to 35. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him 
by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Well, the waiting for this man is over. Having been promised that he would see the Lord's Christ, he gets to hold this baby in his arms. And look at what he says. He says, verse 30, For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. My eyes have seen a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Now, in case we haven't fully comprehended the reason behind the birth of Jesus, and before we've a chance to explain it in any other way, Luke brings us to Simeon. And I'm bringing Simeon into your house today on the live stream. Why? Well, to make sure that you recognize that Jesus is the Savior. Here it is. Here's God's salvation in this little boy who was born. And this isn't just something wonderful for fellow Jews of Jesus and his family and Simeon. Watch here as the scope is widened. Verse 32. You see, in Jesus, there's a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So what have we learned? Well, we've seen here people need salvation. We've seen that God is a God who saves. And now Simeon is drawing our attention to the fact that Jesus is the Savior for everyone. Simeon knows that in seeing and recognizing Jesus, he's recognizing the Savior. And now he can leave in peace, verse 29. But don't let him leave your house just yet until you've taken that message to heart. For you and me, after Christmas, this is the message that needs to be ringing in our ears, above any painful news of restrictions or mutant variants. There is salvation, and it's to be found only in Jesus Christ. And I'll hope that you'll see that this is a message not just for religious types, not just for people in churches, it's for everyone, for the Gentiles, everybody. It's for you, and it's for me, and it's for your friends, and your neighbors, and mine too. Do you know what? We are lost without Jesus Christ. It's been hard, hasn't it, not being able to hold the babies that have been born in our families and to our friends since March. And so painful for grandparents and wider family, pressed against the glass, sitting meters apart, and then here's Simeon holding Jesus in his arms, giving us words of comfort to people who have lost out, people who are looking for hope, people in need of rescue. And what's Simeon pointing to? Well, he's pointing to God as the God of rescue. Jesus is his salvation. Jesus is God's light of hope for all people. Why don't you come and take hold of him this Christmas? Well, then finally here, 
we're briefly introduced to a second person. Invite her in. This is Anna, who recognizes redemption in Jesus. And you'll see this from verse 36. Have a look at Anna. Verse 36, and there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Anna is very old and widowed. You can sense the sadness that she must have felt. But there's something about the arrival of that baby that gives her hope like never, like she'd never had before. All this waiting. Now she has hope. And, it, and it's hope that wells up in her to make her give thanks to God. Now, the thing that strikes me about Anna is that waiting, her long life, her persistence, day and night, uh, prayer and fasting and waiting and worshiping. And like many others in her city, Jerusalem, she was waiting for redemption. This year, I know that there's been waiting happening all over Dublin, too, um, perhaps even around the world. Everyone, we're all waiting in some way. And some of the oldest citizens in other places, well, you've watched the pictures on television as they've smiled and spoken of their joy as they've made their way forward to get the vaccines. And thousands more are waiting behind them in turn. And you know what? In terms of 2021 and public health, the vaccines will make a big difference. They offer prospect of relief from some of the fears of the pandemic. But more than relief for the short term, for Anna, in her waiting for redemption, Anna catches sight of the Savior at God's temple, at that meeting place between God and, mind, uh, God and man. She sees the Savior, and her prayers, well, they're answered. And then she starts telling others. She, she was waiting and hoping, and now that redemption in this child was within reach. And she started speaking about Jesus to everyone. And you know, that's why he came. Jesus came to people awaiting rescue. And so instead of hoping in vaccines, which will be wonderfully received, of course, vaccines which will make a difference for sure, vaccines that will ease the pandemic, no doubt, we must continue to look to Jesus Christ, the Savior, the one who truly marks the end to all that waiting and longing. Well, Jesus has arrived, and not just to be looked at, but as our two guests today have pointed out, Jesus has arrived to be our Savior. And as we see in the new year, in the coming days, let's look to Jesus. Let's look to the consolation that he brings, rescue, redemption, salvation, rest. And here's a couple of ways, as our guests leave, a couple of ways that we might be prompted to respond to these words. Well, firstly, perhaps it's in praising God. Um, if, if this sounds like religious jargon, to praise God, well, look at the text. Anna couldn't hold back something quite genuine. It wasn't just religion she was doing. 
she wanted to thank God. Verse 38, and coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and speak of him, that is the child, to all who are waiting for the redemption. And so perhaps you'll do that again today, right now. Maybe you'll praise God that he answered the cries of his people, people like us in slavery to sin and death. And God answered that by sending the Savior of the world. So let's praise God. Now, secondly, a second way we might respond as our guests leave, maybe it's in recognition. These things like Christmas and the baby and the shepherds and the wise men and these words, things like Savior and rescue and God and salvation, well, they might have been part of your traditions and part of your experience as you've grown up. You're familiar with them. They've been spoken in your hearing for years. And yet maybe today, maybe today you'll finally, humbly, expectantly recognize what exactly took place with the arrival of the Savior. Well, why don't I pray for us? Father, fill our hearts up with genuine praise to you as we look at the Savior, as our guests Anna and Simeon point to him. And Father, we pray that as as well as praising you, we would get on our knees. Metaphorically speaking, perhaps, but that we would be humbled, recognizing that we need a Savior, that you are the God who saves, and the way you save is through Jesus Christ, who came as a baby. As we cast our minds back to the year just gone, Father, remind us of the times where we felt that most acutely, that we need a Savior. And now with your word open in front of us, help us to humbly call upon you, Jesus, our Savior. Amen.